Buzzard Internet, and welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Al? I did that without looking at the show notes. Well done. Only 83 episodes to get it down. And, and we're back on track. We're actually on schedule. How's we that? Oh, that's proper, mate. Proper. I, I actually, I, I did that from memory, mate. I'm very, 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 very pleased with myself. I'm super proud of you, Al. Anyhow, moving along swiftly. Uh, people are not here to listen to us ramble. They actually want to grab some uh, knowledgeable, insightful info. commentary. Yes, from our, our insightful guests. And this week on the show, we've actually got none other than my, my favorite. Um, I dare call him an Australian because he's actually a Kiwi. Who do we hate? Who do we hate more? Do we hate Aussies or Kiwis more? Depends who beat us in the rugby last. Yes, okay, that that is true. We have to we have to check that. So this week we've got Daryl 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 Webster from Regarding Office Three Six Five on the show this week to talk about. Well, I can't even remember what we spoke about. All sorts of stuff. We did speak about quite a lot. I think we spoke about Ignite. How he got it. Oh, we spoke about change, organizational change, because he works for a company called Adopt and Embrace, and he's done quite a lot of things in his life, and he's all about change management, user adoption, and those things. And we talked about that specifically around, strangely enough, um, around the impact of teams on change management. And lo and behold, teams is the topic of this week's show. Anyhow, let's, Absolutely. let's cross to the, to the interview. So on this week's show, um, I've been chatting to you, and strangely enough, I, I met this guy because I wrote a blog post at the beginning of the year about Yammer, and then I got um, taken to task by the Yammer MVPs on the planet, and it became one big, and then... Subsequent to that, I wrote another follow-up post about that. But this week, uh, the ever-illustrious uh, Daryl uh, Webster, from all the way from the other Australian country. Um, you in, in New Zealand, right? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alistair. And I always laugh at how you, you try and say my name and my accent. And, and I've been working very hard on your accent, too, you know. <laughs> yeah, because you've seen Lethal Weapon, and that's what you base our accent on. Everyone in the world that's seen, I think it was Lethal Weapon 4, bases South African three. accents on the three. Yeah. Look at yep. that. You even know what Lethal Weapon you had a South African I watched it recently. <laughs> I was like, I was like looking at this Netflix catalogue, which really sucks in New Zealand, and it keeps presenting me with the same action films, and I thought, okay, I'll watch Lethal Weapon again. And and yeah, you know, it's just great seeing that that awesome mullet and uh, and and the um, the terrible South African accents uh, of, uh, of these terrible criminals that were uh, immune. They you know, they had diplomatic immunity. You can't take me on, ha ha. Mm. Uh, that's that's always the case. Um, but it was a good. Well, look, we've had we've subsequent to that. Uh, I suppose the other popular one would have been District Nine. Um, Oh, I love that one. Yeah, because yeah. it was was it was uh, was it um, our, our buddy who did Lord of the Rings, um, who who had some influence in there with District Nine. Correct, and then uh, following from that, there was Chappie. Chappie's just a oh yes, a vastly different. They took 
the worst possible <laughs> role models for South Africans. The <laughs> and they made a movie I'm with sorry. them in it. I'm sorry. I, I love the movie. I will go public and be happily recorded, but I thought it was it was awesome. Um, you know, Chappie likes, so Daryl likes too, yeah? Chappie likes, yeah? Oh, God, you just lost a thousand points, mate. <laughs> and a thousand followers. Pity I didn't have a thousand but, but, followers. But everyone, <laughs> I mean, um, District 9, the Antwoord is a huge success from a South African perspective as an international breakout um, band. Oh, yeah. I would call them a band. Everyone, now, a year and a half ago, or no, a year, oh, about a year and a half ago, my first trip to over to Europe, and I went to chat to the AOS guys, and we did. It's where my love for podcast kit um, really um, leapfrogged was <laughs> when I went to the AOS guys with Patrick and Aurelian and we did that podcast show with Aurelian. They've, they've got a podcast show and he played the Antwoord and everyone's going crazy for the, the Antwoord. It's the same in the US. And when I went to go chat to Activision, first thing they said, so yeah, the Antwoord. I was like, no, cringeworthy. <laughs> Anyhow, getting back to the show, we're digressing. So, Daryl, um, just tell us, tell, tell our listeners a bit about who you are, where you're from, uh, what do you do, and all, all of those things. Well, um, I, I had an opportunity to kind of reflect and think about this. Um, oh, it was a few months ago when, when I was working for Bit Titan and they were doing a, a piece on me, and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm much like the Forrest Gump of the IT industry. Um, in the sense that, you know, some of us who get into IT, you know, we're used to tinkering with things and figuring stuff out. So we like tech. And, you know, like like you said that you, you saw this podcast kit and you were you're into um, buying gadgets and stuff, that was that was always me. Um, but how did I bump into into an IT career that eventually got me into working with Office three six five and connecting with crazy South Africans and other people around the world? I got into IT because I could type. Isn't that a weird reason to, to get into IT? Because um, I had like a 30, 40 words per minute. It was pretty average. But, yeah, what do you think of that? Where do you think that story going? So you were a pretty average. I don't think much has changed. Um, <laughs> except, <laughs> yeah, except, uh, except for you schooling me on the usage of terms, uh, teams this morning. Oh, no, yeah, if you yeah. click this, this is the... The modal pop-up window that will happen when you change um, teams and all of those things. Okay, and you've done quite well on on the calls that we've been on with with Microsoft and around how to use Excel correctly and things like that. But that's just <laughs> in your nature. When you need to do something, you make sure that you adopt and embrace what Very you're nice. doing one hundred percent. Yeah, a nice segue right in there. You, you work that in there, yeah. So. Um, among the, the different things that I've uh, have got me into Office 365, being a sysadmin and selling it, implementing it, going and working for a partner who migrates to it. Um, somewhere along the way, I actually took an IT a, a break from IT and became a, a postal worker too, delivering mail. But I did end up um, training in SharePoint for a year for for Debbie Island at Share the Point. Um, and uh, currently working for a um, Adoption and change management company called Adopt and Embrace, based in uh, Brisbane, Australia, and now in New Zealand. So you live in New Zealand, right? 
Yeah, Auckland, New Zealand. Yep, another rugby capital of the world. Although, um, don't ask me too many rugby questions because I don't have a TV aerial. I haven't got Sky TV, so I don't keep up with the matches. But I do enjoy a good game and when I get to watch it. So there's three things that we don't allow on the show. We do not talk <laughs> religion, politics, and sport. It's much safer. Oh. So oh, right. well, we've, yes. we've, we've never had people from rugby well, we have had people from rugby countries, but you know, mm-hmm. um, the Pommies, never had someone from Australia, no, not that we care, the, the only the only rugby team that we <laughs> care about is, is the Kiwis, um, the rest are all are distant memories, you know, so it's, it's especially important that we don't have a call, I'm glad that you don't follow rugby, I don't follow rugby either, um, it's not a thing that I do, it's not, Yeah. I don't follow rugby, cricket, or... or Oh look, we we must be the the two strangest Australian, uh, sorry, <laughs> New Zealander and South Africans because um, those those sports are massive in our countries. But look, cricket cricket bores me. Sorry, it does. Um, rugby, I, I like it, but and I used to play it. I I used to be a winger and and a fullback, and I was reasonably quick on my feet back in the day. But um, yeah, I just haven't kept up with it after after leaving school, and it's not that I don't love sport. Um, I definitely like to go for a run. I like to get out there and, and try and keep a bit fit. Um, you have to in IT, don't you? you got to keep moving or otherwise you uh, you tend to seize up a bit. Yeah, considering um, that yeah. we spend so much... Well, you don't sit down. So you <laughs> I've got a standing okay. desk. You've got a standing desk. You do your work standing yeah. It's It's funny enough, when I was in LA recently, they were rolling out... Um, standing desks to um, their users. Mm-hmm. So the entire thing actually, it's on an arm so yep. you literally lift it up from your sitting desk and it turns into mm-hmm. a standing desk which is actually very cool. Um, I could I could definitely buy into into doing that so that you don't sit all the time because you know full well well you don't because you stand but I do most of my stuff from home mm. because it's just Comfortable. I've got almost. I've got more than one screen on my desk. Um, the internet connection is mine. There's no one else here. So mm-hmm. I literally get out of bed. I walk seven steps to the bathroom, and then I walk another twelve steps to my desk, and I'm there until I go to sleep. So it's isn't that awesome? For, sitting for eleven hours. No, I, I'm really going to take a, a, a chapter out of your your book and look at converting my desk into uh, a standing desk because yeah it makes so much more sense although um are we allowed to talk brand names on the show dude yeah we can we can you can endorse yeah okay so i i recommend very desk okay that's what i use and the reason i got it is because it's it is a disc that like you say you can pull it up on a spring and it just stands up um but you can just take it and stick it on any desk so if you choose to start working out of the office more with other people and just ship it in there and um you know use it there too uh so very portable um but yeah you've seen me i i have to keep moving um it it just helps me to to keep awake and keep uh motivated with with what i'm learning um who i'm engaging with to talk to um, and it also makes it a bit more interesting when i'm doing a webcast instead of uh, is that a daryl as a service top tip Oh yeah, yeah, Daryl as a service top tip. Um, All right. That's tip number seventy-one. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back to why you on the show outside of um, us uh, 
donning the red carpet at Ignite, which we'll talk about in a bit. So talk to me a bit more about, so you work for a company called Adopt and Embrace. I, I take it it's mm-hmm. all about um, um, user adoption, user experience. Uh, people are talking about terms like customer experience right now. And with the advent of Teams and OneDrive, and funnily enough, I've got the people on my podcast show at Ignite, and we're talking about the impact of Teams on traditional collaboration. I mean, it's a huge mm. departure. We've seen it coming, and, and and I keep on referring back to, I wrote a post, I think the beginning of the year, talking about, I think it was um, content black hole and information methane um, around how, how traditional, and I mean, Gartner and the likes of AIM have come up with the same chip. They said, well, you know, ECM is dead, long live content services. And the fact that, and I don't think organizations have realized how monumental external access for Teams is. The fact that Microsoft mm. has finally flipped that switch, what impact that's going to have on users across the planet. Mm. And you would probably see it more from a usability perspective than I would because I don't delve down to, to that level. Notice how we're throwing in these terms. Uh, well, we can you can't through... help but throw them in, mate, because because Microsoft is using plain old words these days. Teams, groups, um, stream is going to be, what is it called, Microsoft phone or calls? Uh, yeah. Delve, delve deep. I, I don't know if you watch Jimmy Fallon by any chance. I do occasionally, yeah. All right. Yeah. So he's got a segment on his show where everyone gets given terms to use in general conversation. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I, I like his um, his uh, karaoke one, but I haven't seen that one. Yeah. So he's got that. So they'll slip them. You'll see the terms come up. And in a general conversation, they need to utilize that. So we should definitely do, at Ignite, um, something like that. Yeah, yeah. The word for today is, and it's got to be something really awkward to work into. Um, but I do like the way you, you um, yeah. You talk about my role of having to, to delve deeper, and I think this is where um, I'm, you might say, happily engaged into into this work of, of adoption and change management because it feels like I've come home. Um, I'm working now um, at a level where I'm helping people to actually make use of that technology that, that some clever people have put in and, and set up, you know, people um, who plan it and, and execute on it and then occasionally they throw in a bit of training at the end. Um, but but what, I, um, what I'm enjoying here is seeing and being part of um, more of a journey and a structure of, of getting um, that technology more embedded into an, an organization. Because uh, what we see really is it's, it's a cultural change that is required to, to um, you know, really embed that technology, but really for people to benefit from it, um, to change the way that they work. Have you seen that happen though? I mean, how long have you been doing adoption? Oh, officially, um, with Adopt and Embrace uh, and, and with a proper structure um, ever since I've worked for them, and I, that's, that's since May. Um, I've, I've worked piecemeal, you might say, and probably um, in, in most respects, the, the way that many partners might implement technology, that they'll 
have some bright sparks that'll roll it out and implement it. And they'll have someone who does some training. Maybe they'll do a bit of awareness by um, sending out a few emails earlier or putting up a poster here and there. Um, but it's it's a I guess that's a a pretty average effort, and it doesn't really come to to much in terms of successful user adoption. Uh, so what we've seen um, within Adopt and Embrace, uh, and you know that's that's been a, um, a company around for uh, just coming up to two years now, um, is using a, a mixture of a pro sci approach with with change management and uh, a few. Um, Few different uh, special source methods that have been put together by Fast Track, and, and some flavors of our own. And it's really about involving uh, key stakeholders at the beginning and helping them to, uh, you know, go along that journey to um, forming plans for implementing things, for um, addressing resistance, um, uh, barriers, to putting together. Yeah, well, barriers to entry, addressing these things um, before you need to actually uh, face them, and you know, training is just one of one of eight really that you would you would actually um, you know bring bring through. But what you end up with um, when you do this uh, and you go through this process is you end up with a culture that perpetuates itself. Um, people are prepared for change. Um, and perpetual change, which is really what they need to be when it comes to cloud technologies, um, things are going to change. So, uh, being prepared to to uh, to continue on that journey, um, you know, that's really the key thing. Um, Look, mm. I, I suppose from a from a utopian perspective, um, you know, this this world without pain, the eight levels that you have, I only thought there were four. Um, the eight levels that, that you embrace to organizational change um, would be an easy thing to do. Uh, a, a lot of time, especially with the Microsoft technology, people approach what we're trying to achieve from a technical perspective. Oh no, install this. Mm. And I was on a call this morning and I said, well, you need change, communication, training, um, transition, and governance. Oh, I've got five. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, well, have, have you spoken to the users? No, not yet. And we're flipping a switch on Friday. So that is very, very disconcerting when it comes to IT should understand that the space that we're in has got nothing to do with IT. And I, I think that, that has been our, well, my biggest bugbear since the beginning of time, working with mm. enterprise content management to rest in peace um, technologies that that people seem to think that it's the same as working with mail okay let's mm. mail server okay so SMTP IMAP pop configured mail goes out mail comes in walk away end of story uh, because people know how to use mail but when it comes to working with collaboration tools and getting the changing the mindset of the user to work in a more collaborative function or um, you know it's 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 different yeah. conversation like a whole sort of the blue sky stuff yeah you know like i'm thinking about this and i know you put a, a kind of a rule in there at the beginning you don't talk about religion and sports and and things like that but if i can draw a parallel with that the reason that that 
um, change, true change and true cultural change in an organization is so difficult is because you are dealing with the way people live, what they believe, how they work. And so when it's something that personal, especially if it's something that um, you, you know they're quite proud of, um, in the way that they work, and maybe they're well known for this this certain thing that they do at at the workplace. If you're changing something about that, it's a threat, and it's much like saying something against their religion or against the way that they work or or their culture. Um, you're you're attacking them. So this is why sometimes you come up against that kind of resistance, because people the way they work and the way they do things is so personal. And this is where we as IT pros can fall over because, you know, we've spent a bit of time evaluating some technology. We're quite familiar with the previous version. We're getting familiar with the next version. So we come out and we, we wheel this out and say, right, here's all the great features that are going to change your life. But how much work have we put into understanding how they currently work and thinking about the scenarios about how they currently work and then making it relevant to how they work? So it's not about taking them on the harbour cruise and saying it does this from the file menu and you come down here and you can do this. I mean, we've all attended demos like that before. <laughs> Show me everything. But it's more about picking out how do you work? Okay, well, I can see, I know that in this tool, in this scenario, um, you can use these sorts of things. So let's build a story together and we'll show you how to make this relevant to your everyday work. Um, now, what, what are those scenarios that are going to be important to you? Yeah, we've come up with 6, 10, 12, but let's just focus on the first three because that's going to be the most valuable to you. And that's where true adoption of technology actually sits, is when you're aligning it to how they currently work, what their current culture is, and, and just gently, gently, gently easing them in a different direction. So taking all of that in your vast experience, Working with <laughs> yep. users, I'm, I'm like that. The impact of, we started seeing this probably sometime last year, when Microsoft released or talked about, well, I suppose it was this year when they talked about the next-gen sync client for OneDrive, right? Was it this year? Mm-hmm. A virtual summit this year, I think. Or, yep. when did they, or did they talk about the next-gen sync client before that? I can't remember. I think it was before that. It was last year already. Because the next-gen sync client was available, I'm sure Hans Bender, who will be um, one of our interviewees um, for mm-hmm. the Google and Al show. Um, Microsoft is, will be calling Microsoft Ignite the Daryl and Al show. Just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll be interviewing Mr. OneDrive, Hans Bender. Uh, I'm not sure. If, if, I don't know if you've opened up the calendar for the show that I created as a modern attachment to OneDrive. Um, for you. I was. We must be looking at different versions of modern attachments because I haven't seen a change to the one that you sent through me. All right. Oh dear. Okay. Anyhow, coming back to the, <laughs> with the next yes. client, Microsoft changed their messaging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, collab- share with confidence, collaborate, and that was the pitch in uh, Jeff Teeper's deck around the OneDrive section at the virtual summit. And it was really around, oh, look at these extended capabilities with the next-gen sync client. You can now share with confidence, embrace collaboration, um, right-click on the file menu in Windows Explorer, and you get all of this, you know, those sort of things. So that all happened. And over the last, I'd say over the last four or five months, um, 
customers are not really talking SharePoint anymore. They're talking OneDrive, and now they're starting to talk Teams. I mean, when they flipped that switch for Teams, the world went crazy. You had a, a live show. Um, I can't even remember who was on. Hmm. And we had Dan Stevenson, so that was that was uh, lucky to get him on. Yep. I I wasn't on that one. I know I was on two calls. I can't remember what, three calls actually. One with with Seabuck, the one with Owen, and then I think I was on one before that. Yeah, and and so uh, it was on uh, the day that we went generally available with with Teams. So we managed to have a talk with Dan Stevenson, who's the uh, I don't know what you call it, primary program manager. I never remember all those acronyms that Microsoft have for themselves. Uh, but he was high up there. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember. My, my short-term memory is like a sif, um, so a sieve. So I'll remember, the, I'll remember what I did on the calls, the live calls, much later. Um, probably next year sometime I'll be able to, you know, muscle memory, memory recall this. But are you seeing a shift? Because traditional ECM always included a flavor of information architecture. Mm. And mm. I am I am seeing that shift. Um, and it actually, for me, um, my, my observations were that, yes, it did begin with OneDrive because people found synchronization um, easier to, to deal with in their own little space. Think about it in, in um, I guess, layers of circles or onions or whatever, just Shrek's illustration. Um, people care mostly about themselves and how they work. That's why when they create a document, they'll stick it on their desktop because that's their world. But um, OneDrive um, became a, a acceptable replacement for, for your My Documents folder. And so people were happy to throw the documents into there, and because they could share it from there, they did. Now, it's probably not the the uptake that Microsoft wanted in terms of how many people are using that sharing capability, um, but they're definitely trying to leverage the um, the syncing capabilities of of OneDrive, and you know, being that they can sync um, the document library from there, and and potentially the the document libraries from uh, from team sites as well, so yeah, I've, I've seen that. Um, but that was just the beginning. I think when when Office 365 Groups um, began to to show its flavour, and firstly in Outlook, um, and uh, you know then uh, making it available in, in Yammer and Teams, um, where we'd spend all this work encouraging people to set up this amazing architecture that that we always fought people to try and into that metadata and make sure that we're tagging all these things correctly. And people just wanted to create folders. They just wanted to synchronize stuff. Um, and <laughs> that this is really just, you know, it's like I'm familiar with that. I can see it. I can imagine it. I can't imagine this crazy taxonomy that you're talking to me about. I can't even keep the words in my head. Um, so folders were familiar to them. And this is what Teams and Office 365 groups and Yammer have delivered to them again was, you know what? It doesn't really matter so much about um, this metadata and this great structure. Here you go. Here's a place that you can go. It's called your team. It's called your group. And you just switch context. You go there. You fulfill your tasks and your project. You um, co-author these documents. You upload stuff. You work on stuff. And then, all right, next, next project, next slot in your calendar, switch to another group. Um, and people are jumping all over that. Um, and you can imagine why. Um, 
Teams has, has really taken off because it, it takes that to another level. And it's actually quite ridiculous if you think about it. I, I remember when I started in in ECM, ECM wasn't even a term. It was called document management back in the old days, um, circa 2000, where scanning paper was a reality. You know, it was a thing. The struggle was... <laughs> and we were all taught back then because... People that get into SharePoint now, well, you don't. Even, I don't even know if people still get into SharePoint now. There's no, there's no framework. There's no, there's no construct for why. Mm. We taught knowledge management, understand knowledge management, and the greater information management concepts, and how they are are wrapped in various technologies like document records, process, search, electronic forms, workflow routing, all of those things. But, and then we tried to square peg, round hole, everyone that we engaged. It didn't matter about the technology. If we were selling Documentum or we were selling OpenText Live Link or if we were selling some FYI stuff or even SharePoint, we said, move away from how you're doing this. Let's talk about metadata, information about information. I still use the old analogy um, when I speak mm. to customers and I say, if I held up a picture of a lemon, describe it to me. Someone will call it a fruit, someone will call it something else, and I said, well, that's metadata. Nowadays, Microsoft has gone and said, and it's Microsoft driving this, OpenText hasn't changed. OpenText brought up the other 90% when they own Documentum as well now, of ECM products. They're still doing the whole ECM thing. Now that AIM has come along and said, well, forget ECM, it's all content services, I don't really know what companies like OpenText are going to do because they will probably, well, actually I do. So wherever there's an SAP implementation, you're going to buy OpenText. The end. Um, and, and that's how they make their, that's, that's how they do. I mean, but traditionally we went and said, uh, I draw crop circles and onion rings, by the way. So <laughs> with my crop circle drawings, you pretty much put down a timeline of 36 months and then you start with intelligent capture. How do you scan this paper? And then those little crop circles go along the timeline to say, well, we go from um, scanning slash ICS to document management to records management and then we've got this common theme that runs across everything called routing, workflow, business process management. And that's the traditionalist in me wanting to roll out this great ECM plan right now mm. and today it's so perfect that you're on the show today external access all of a sudden the way we work changes completely we don't care about SharePoint SharePoint becomes a distant memory we don't care about structured information architecture because it doesn't matter we've created a team we don't care where the team is we don't care about where we store the content because we believe in this thing called OneDrive and it sits in Windows Explorer. So naturally we gravitate towards that. And with that, metadata dies a slow death because metadata is now a misnomer. It's well, well uh, before we move into talking about external access and extolling the, the awesomeness of Teams and, and, uh, and not really caring too much about metadata. There's just one thing I, I would say is that there, I think, is still a place for the, the content management and those those awesome structures that are there to help us find information. And this is where you, you put a division between your collaboration spaces 
which uh, this is where teams and groups and the like are, are fitting in and making it far easier for people who, who can't wrap their head around these structures. But you still have a need for the intranet with all the official information, the um, you know, various artifacts that people need to find and, and the records still need to be stored in some kind of structure which is, is well thought out. So there is that clear division now. Um, it's just that more people are um, collaborating in, in these uh, more free space teams rather than being channeled into a team site that just so happens to fit that same ECM kind of structure. Um, that would be my thought about it. I think there's still a need for it, but it's just not going to be um, used uh, as much, if, if any more, in those collaboration spaces. Interesting that you use the term collaboration spaces. Mm. Ah, it's just a. I, I don't know how to to embrace the term. By the way, collaboration spaces. So, so define collaboration spaces for the listeners. Yeah. Well, the way I'd I'd say it is that um, you, me, a bunch of us, actually, a good example. Um, the regarding 365 uh, peeps and the team, um, we want to get together and uh, do a few things at Ignite. We've got some plans that we want to put together, put together a schedule of um, the sessions we want to attend and cover. Um, so we need to work together in a space with documents. We need to communicate around those documents or communicate our plans or set um, appointments to, to get to the, together and meet and you know, that's all collaboration kind of activities. And um, we don't really want a lot of barriers in the way to to getting to that kind of facility or space. Uh, collaboration starts with people. So we get together and we say, right, this is what we want to do. Okay, how are we going to do it? Well, first of all, we're going to communicate this way. Okay, cool. We've agreed on how we're going to communicate. Uh, where are we going to stick our stuff? Well, we're going to put it here, okay? Well... What are we going to use? Uh, we're going to set up a few folders. Yep, that's cool. Um, do we need to set up some kind of taxonomy? But nah, forget that. Just get on with it. Okay, cool. Um, how are we going to store our plans? What are we going to use to organize? Well, we've got a calendar here. Okay, that's pretty simple. Right, done. Good. Let's get on with it. That's a collaboration space. Something simple. It's available. Get into it. Use it. It's reasonably familiar. You don't have to think too much about setting it up. And that's, that's where your teams and your groups and your yammers and stuff are, are all filling that space. So collaboration space to me is where work gets done. Um, and if it eventually ends up being uh, moved as a final copy into some kind of records management and something more official that needs to be tagged with stuff, that's its next life uh, or, or um, stage in the evolution of that, that document or artifact. So you still think that it's just adding another layer for me. Um, we know that Teams is going to generate sprawl when it comes to storage because you create a team. Oh, yeah. Site. Boom. Yep. No yep. longer is it... Well, look, there's, I think Teams has still got a way to go when it comes to um, managing and protecting content that gets created with Teams. You know, it's, it's good. sprawl like we had in the, in the old days. Um, we still have sprawl, it's just a different flavor of sprawl now, where you randomly go open up SharePoint to the world and everyone's got site creation rights and then three months later you've got 400 sites. Mm -hmm. 
three months later, you've got 400 teams because people won't check um, at this stage. Oh, is there a team that actually exists for that? Nah. I mean, they could. There is a little discovery area there where you can look it up, but what word would you start with? Who would you contact with? Um, is this where Delve comes into it and it says, hey, you work with this person, uh, or you've searched for this keyword in Delve or SharePoint, here's a few groups and teams and whatevers that actually fit that topic. Maybe you want to join those. So, so you're quite a big fan of, of Wake on Land, I mean, working out loud. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wake on Land. Oh. Well, well, that that's... Really yes, funny. I am. You know, that's... Wall is that. It's exactly that. It was created long before, but you you were never in a Yammer MVP. Let's just get this out the way. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Like, so so people see my, my OneNote antics, and they go, oh, OneNote MVP. They see my, um, well, you could say defense, or, or at least representation of the Yammer, and they go, oh, Yammer MVP. Eh, yeah, keep going. I'm a, what would you say, the... Would you say Swiss people are kind of um, neutral when it comes to yeah, war and stuff? Was that kind of the reputation? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm the Swiss O of of all the different services. I'm a Office 365 MVP. Um, you know, I I'm happy to sit in the middle and not be a super specialist in anything. I'd rather be able to help people on the journey in a few different corners um, towards productivity. If that means that someone else is going to take the reins and turn all the, the fantastic dials and um, write massive PowerShell scripts so they can click a button and make it all go, sweet. Um, there's plenty of people that can do that well, but um, I want to sort of somehow help the 50 times that many people who actually use the thing and uh, make better use of it. Okay, so closing off this call, some tips for people embracing Teams. Yeah, well, um, I think as as with most of these technologies, um, while it's all available to everyone, it does make sense to evaluate it, figure out the best way to use it within your organization, within your culture, and, and give some guidance around it. So you know, this is what we discovered when it was released today was, oh, let's jump on it and, and, and fire it up. Now all the bits haven't arrived yet, so you know I, I teamified an Office 365 group um, that was already external, thinking, cool, everything's going to be fine. Um, sent out a bunch of invites, but because we didn't have everything in order, um, those invites weren't going to work. So slow down, think about Think about whether Teams is going to be the right solution for working externally. Now, there are a lot of use cases uh, that um, you know mean that it would fit quite well. You, know, you don't have to download a client. You could work completely out of the browser. Um, if you do download a client, then you do get cool stuff like being able to make calls and share your screen and you know join online meetings via the, via the Teams. But um, yeah, just slow down and, and just think about the actual use cases. Um, Think about really uh, one of the main things there is what's your communication style? Is it that you will be able to remain connected to this team um, through most of the day, exchange some some chat messages and keep up to date? Um, if not, investigate how um, you need to keep up to date with messages that have been um, posted and delivered throughout the day. Um, you know, because we do have pockets of time where we're not at our desk. We might be, 
at meetings or off-seeing clients or travelling somewhere, there are times when we won't be there to see the message arrive. So evaluate whether you and your team are going to know how to manage those messages that you need to catch up with. There are some tricks to doing that within teams, um, using the activity centre and, uh, and using the different feeds there. But evaluate that. Um, for an external access um, solution, you know, just so far from what I've seen today, I, I had my, my worries that it was going to be deployed and it wasn't going to have any of the calling features. It was just going to be a, uh, um, you know, a place to chat, a place to upload documents and maybe one or two tabs. But what I've seen so far, it's ticking some boxes there that, that um, will mean it is more useful now on day one as, a, as an external, um, external access tool for, for getting projects done. One final thing I'd say around, around the tip or that experience of switching between external teams, um, when you are using the, uh, the Teams client or you're logging into it within the browser, uh, as you switch to an external team, uh, one that you've been invited to and that you're a guest, it will go through a, um, I would say like a slowish kind of process of 20 to 30 seconds as it logs out of your tenant, logs into the tenant where you're the guest, um, and then you're in. So you might find, um, and this is just me thinking out loud because um, that's how I do it, you might end up using multiple browser sessions again. Uh, <laughs> to be able to remain logged in to um, different tenants if you're needing to be logged into different tenants throughout the day. Um, need to test that one out, but I think that's probably the way that, that um, people will begin to use it. Just bearing in mind that there are features in the browser, well, there are features in the Teams client that are not available in the browser, like calls. You can't do calls yes. in the browser. You can only do it with the, the Teams client. So there's quite a few of those uh, encouraging you to download the Teams client. Mm. Anyhow, Darren, mm. uh, thanks for being on, on the show this week. Um, we are super excited that, that you've graced us with your presence. How do people get all this? Um, I'm, I'm at Daryl as a service. Um, I'm greedy with my letters, so that's D-A-R-R-E-L-L. AAS as a service, um, writing for Regarding365, and um, and of course you are too there, Alistair, and um, we're, we're off to Ignite to, to do a bit of reporting. Yes, that's very, it's, it's exciting times. Well, we're hoping that Jose, the other hurricane that's making its way up the coast, is, is not going to knock out Florida too much because we've already seen Hurricane um, Irma uh, smash quite a bit of, of that coastline and in Florida to bits. So uh, our, our message goes out to well, our, our prayers and our thoughts and our well wishes goes out to everyone that's on that bit of land that's been knocked to pieces by the various hurricanes that have um, hit the US over the last month or two. So ho yes, hopefully we will get to, to Orlando in, in Florida without too much issues and no planes are flying in there flights are cancelled then so so let's well let's hope we actually get to see each other in the flesh i'm fully clothed mm. i'm um uh, the 23rd of, of september yeah that's it's going to be awesome um and you know that's that's uh something c cool about uh 
uh, I guess as a last tip for yeah, pretty much any IT pro, anyone who's working, whether they be remotely or whatever, is is get involved in a technical community, reach out to the people that you're tweeting and um, hashtagging or whatever else, because um, you know, that's kind of how Al and I met, and uh, that's how I've met a lot of people. Uh, once you do that, make some time to make a call occasionally, um, and you know you'll find you'll you'll make some great friends, some great contacts, and you'll learn a lot from each other. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, Daryl, and uh, we'll see you soon. Sweet as, man. Bye. For cool. Thanks for coming on the show, Daryl, and uh, thanks for putting up with Al. Yeah, that is always the case, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Then we're on to In the News. Oh, you did it. Yay. It's only taken you 40 episodes to get it right. It's In the News. What are we talking about this week, Madeline? So the first piece of news is there was a, I don't know if it was a leak of information or Microsoft were A-B testing or something. Um, there is a, there was a message that popped up in a bunch of people who signed into uh, Skype for Business that told them Skype for Business is now called Microsoft Teams. Yeah, it was in the Office 365 message center. Yeah. So... Microsoft have not confirmed that at all, and the message disappeared incredibly quickly. So we're not quite sure whether this might be something coming up, an announcement to be made at Ignite, or if it, they were just doing A-B testing, or what the case is. But everyone wrote about it. Everyone talked about it. It was like, wow! So I think there is some truth to the rumor, though. And Why? I, I purposely think that they, well, I think that they purposely did it. Like, look, everyone wants to pull a Samsung or pull an iPhone. All right? Apple are try, work very, very hard to try to keep all their announcements as fresh for the conference. Like, you don't want to leak an announcement because that, that would be quite a big announcement. Like, these two different things, they're branding together now, they're interoperable, whatever. I guess you get team messages in Skype for business. Well, look, you've you've been... or not? I don't. I, I like. Who knows how that would do work? You always, do you honestly think it's backward compatible? Because the on-premise UC people will still need Skype. Still need Skype for business. Like it's it's weird though. Like why why would you do this? Remember, why, it, why would you change well, the name? I I think it's fucking weird because these are two different things. And Microsoft's messaging up to this point has been Skype for Business and Teams are two, like they fulfill different needs for people, right? Skype yes. is, Skype for Business is telephony, right? It's VoIP with a chat function, sweet. Teams is chat for collaboration. They're sort of different things. But just Like they, they've got overlap, so I, I see integration. Like they paid a lot of money for the Skype brand, right? So I don't know why you'd, you'd, uh, and this is what drives me mad with Microsoft. It almost doesn't matter what you call a product, but you really have to keep calling it the same thing. You can't, <laughs> you can't keep changing what you call it. Like you got to settle on something. Well, yes. Right. It, no, a, think about the face of Microsoft right now. It's Teams. They should just change it and call it Teams. Microsoft, if, just call Microsoft Teams. This, the face of collaborations changed. So cool, but then what, what? What do you call this program? Like now, so let's say they do this, they rebrand Skype for Business Teams, or or they like put it all together. 
So now I want to talk about the product that currently we know as Teams. What do I call it? But you can do a team call. You can do what tooling is used inside of Teams to initiate that um, video conference option. Yeah, I guess. But so then, then they drop the Skype client entirely and you just have Teams? I don't know, Modlin. Hopefully they're going to talk to us a bit more about it at Ignite. Yeah, like this is a rumor, you know, it's unconfirmed, whatever. Um, I think it's interesting. Someone clicked a button and shot off that email that allow, uh, ended up in your message center. So it's not a rumor. It's not like someone was playing the fool. Yes, at th that, abs that absolutely happened. Whether that's a plan they're actually following through on or whether they were doing A-B testing to see what, what the reaction would be. What is A-B testing? It sounds like blood tests or something. Well, it, it's it's a test. So you get you get two groups. You get like a bunch of groups of people. You show one group of people uh, okay. one Go thing. Right. You show another group of people another thing. You show another group of people a third thing. And then you, you gauge the reactions. So it's called A-B testing because generally you're trying to decide between A and B. So you, you get a bunch of information back and then it'll help you choose. Look, I don't have any issue with them replacing Skype for Business with Teams. Zero. If they're building, if they're integrating that functionality into Teams, fantastic. We've done testing on our Teams, ten, on, on our Orange Tire tenant. We've done this. No, absolutely. We've had conversations, recorded things. Remember we did it. Yes. No, like team, Teams is great. Like, I, I love it. It loves a strong I, I don't word. know. I, I don't know. No, I really like it, hey. I really, really do. Um, but as a millennial, you would. It's the only... It's the only way I want to do collaboration. Screw email entirely. Um, if I could get all my clients to all use Teams, I would be the happiest man in the world. Yeah, that's a bit tricky, mate. I, I wouldn't say that. Look, I, I, I think Teams is great. Um, external access, fantastic. I think there's going to be... Yeah, well, we haven't talked about that yet. A, the huge impact the on being able to copy a product like Slack and create Teams. Okay, now you, you, you're skipping ahead here. We've got to close off the Skype for Business Teams discussion and then we can But it's the same product, so why are we still talking? It's the same product, but it's a different story because that's a rumor you, uh, and the other one is definite. How is it that you get to tell me what to talk about? Because I'm the host and you're the co-host. <laughs> okay, that's very cool. I'm the host and you're the co-host. All right, so we do not know where Skype for business is going. We just know that there's a possibility. We don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know how, but it might turn into ninja dust. Yeah, which will be super interesting for everybody involved. Does that conclude that section of the news? Yes. Um, so we'll look out at Ignite for an announcement because if there is one coming up soon, it's got to be there, right? It should be there. It should be there. And can I can I talk about Ignite quickly, or do we have to move on to the next? Because I'm the, only the co-host, so I can't line up these um, news items. All right, so for those listeners who do not know, Two Guys in SharePoint will be coming to you via the Regarding 365 Live channel, and we'll be broadcasting live episode 45 of the show, um, straight from the podcast studio on Tuesday, the 26th of September, from 3 till 4 p.m. Is it 3 till 4 p.m.? Yes, 3 till 4 p.m. That's about 9 o'clock in South Africa. Would be 9 o'clock, yes, because it's uh, East Coast time. Yes. And we'll be interviewing the CEO of Metalogics. And I better read his surname, otherwise I'm going to be in trouble. 
because <laughs> I can't pronounce it straight off the bat. So we have got on the show none other than Trevor Hallebike. Bike, I cannot pronounce his surname. Please forgive me, Trevor. He is the CEO of Metalogix, and we also have the Chief Marketing Officer of Content Panda, Heather Newman, on the show. And we will actually be talking about the impact of teams on information architecture collaboration and where it is all going. We'll get the viewpoints of one of the largest migration and management companies in the world for Office 365 and SharePoint on their views on how is that, uh, that's going to impact. And then also um, Heather being able to talk to us about change and organizational change and the impact on where she is with Content Panda, which is a contextual help system for SharePoint and Office 365, and, and how Teams is impacting the way they do business. Which is very apt for the moment because we have even more Teams news this week. And that is the addition of external access to Microsoft Teams, although it's thanks, thanks qualified. Thanks for introducing that uh, section of the news, um, Rod. Yeah, it was a really good segue, unless somebody it's shoots great. it in the it's foot. It's great that uh, as a host, you get these, uh, these, these things to do. Yeah, you know, I can take out my original comment and make you look like a complete tit. Oh, do, do, you, want, uh, do, do you want something with it? Anyhow, moving along, so so external uh, access for Teams, yes. Yes, so right now it's been rolling out and from what I've seen, everybody, all the tenants I have access to already have it. So you can now invite anybody with an Azure AD account to your Teams, which is well, fantastic. You can add anyone with an Office 365 account to Teams. Yes, that's Azure AD. They're all stored in Azure AD. In, in, in any, if you've got any kind of Azure AD running, you can invite well, yes. those accounts. So, it's not just well, O365 accounts. Well, it is actually accounts. just Office 365 accounts. Remember, if you create the team, you can invite, as long as you have Azure AD running with Azure B2B enabled, you can invite any Office 365 account. Any Azure AD account. If, if a company is running Azure AD... Without 0365 calls, you can invite those. No. They said specifically Azure no. AD. If you are the creator of the team, you have to have Azure AD running. But you can invite yes. anyone that has an Office 365 account to that team. Or an Azure that AD Office account. Office 365 account will then be created in Azure AD, your Azure AD. Yes. But what I'm saying, Al, if you'll listen to me, you can invite anybody with an Azure AD account. That includes anybody with an O365 account, but is not limited to people with O365 accounts. If my company is running Azure AD and your company is running Azure AD, I can invite you whether or not you have an O365 account because your your AD account is Azure AD. Okay, let's let's agree. Let's agree to, and you to need disagree. The Otherwise, Azure AD B2B collaboration. I mean, like, can 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 I can I read from the press release for you? Beginning today, anyone with an Azure Active Directory account can be added okay. as a guest right, in Teams. Yeah, so that's quite cool. They've also said across the next couple of weeks or months, anybody with a Microsoft account will be able to be added as well. And then they'll have some sort of interface. So you can invite a guy to an email account, and when they try hit it, if they don't, if that's not a Microsoft account, it'll say click here to create one and it'll take them through the process of like a, a Microsoft account. account. And then they'll, 
like a live account or a outlook.com account or yeah the the msa account which is super cool it is rather exciting yeah it is super exciting it's sort of it it changes the it changes the whole thing here right what i there's a couple of questions i want to know some of which okay. we have answers to so the first one is is when i access this if i have my own teams how does that experience work and we discovered that your teams app won't aggregate these uh, things it's not it's not like yammer so i can't it's not, it's not i like can't yammer. have yeah i can't pull in multiple teams from multiple companies into the same app you have to sign into each individually and you can't run multiple instances of the app which well, is you got to toggle you got to toggle I'd like between, to have that all in one as screen as soon as they as soon as they get yeah you got to toggle the yammer networked type switching between team tenants then everything will work yeah like I'd, I'd i'd like it just to bring up all my teams regardless of what account i have to like when i log into the app i'd like to tell it here are three different accounts that i use well yammer doesn't the do teams that, for right? that yeah i know yammer doesn't do that either but like that's that's the functionality that i'd like to see because that would be like really cool because as it is now if i'm running teams internally and i get invited to an external team i have to keep swapping back and forth and that's kind of irritating you can get around it by running uh, teams in the browser you'll have to open new sort of in private or incognito or whatever the thing is so that it's not trying to load in your other credentials but you can that way get multiple instances running at the same time yeah it's good a bit of a clutch good download just not so cool opera browser firefox chrome edge yeah and ie's also got a a one i'm sure anyway so you, you you can do that the other thing i wanted to know is how does that treat the documents then so in teams you can link to all these other services which is the great thing like you can upload documents and like it makes the team site for you and whatever the guest i invite into teams do they have only no, have access so, to the chat function so the things that can they, they check those documents to, they cannot create a new team um, they cannot discover and join public teams they cannot view the org chart or schedule meetings look they're a guest but they do have the option to share a file in sharepoint upload a file to a document library and post delete and edit messages yeah so so that's it's super cool um, it's it's like having guest access to anything else you know you you, you don't have admin rights to the team yeah. to the team you know yeah but it does it does carry through through the other apps so you will have access to that yeah so so apparently you can create a channel there which i'm actually going to try apparently you can i, I haven't tried to do this I, i've been so you can make new a, channels a guest to a team yeah apparently team owners can control All the right. guest's ability to fantastic i think that covers it for teams yeah i mean that's a lot of stuff but that's that's super cool um lots of big news in teams and lots of potential big news for teams do i have more am i allowed to talk about news now i wasn't too sure <laughs> i'm going to cut out all your whining all right some other stuff in the news a find time do you, have you ever used find time i didn't say her name she just randomly stop alexa stop alexa stop she's been doing this all day it's like she's the robot apocalypse dude stop alexa stop stop she's no don't hurt day, me actually. 
Um, you heard earlier on, she added something to my shopping list. Yeah. A phantom shopping list. That's pretty good. Um, find time was the thing where I could, um, I could sign up to it and then other people could go to check if I had meetings at whatever time and they're trying to set up meetings. You could have a voting system around it. Apparently it's being pulled. Ah, that's quite annoying. Hopefully that comes into some version of Outlook. Because that seems like really handy well, I heard that it was pulled. I heard from a reliable source that it's being pulled, like GigJam was pulled. And then today, Daryl uh, yeah. tweeted about fine time. And I actually replied to say that it's been pulled. So let's, we don't know what's happening there. That's That's interesting. I hope if they are pulling it, they take all that learning and that functionality and roll it up into the email suite because that that's sort of where it would make the most sense i don't know why you need a spin off a new service for it but i also think that it, it came out of microsoft garage yeah like everything else but if, even so yeah like so you got this garage functionality i'm sure you can work that into the other products i agree they with don't you. have to spin out into their own yeah. products all right so so next up uh speaking of teams we're still on the teams topic uh bot kit now supports teams so you can build some cool um office dev bots for it uh, the the bot kit is Microsoft's bot framework. I think so. Yeah. What is I, I'm it? I'm not a developer. Um, it's uh, it, it's some sort of AI bot well, language malarkey. Look, you've always had the, the AI framework for for bots, so you could build bots. You remember the people were starting to build Skype bots. A friend of mine's actually built a SharePoint admin bot, and also in Teams, you've got that little chat bot that comes up that says, "How do you?" Okay, so. BotKit is an open source bot making toolkit. All right. So that's nice. Did you Google that for me? I did. Fantastic. So, yes. Because we do the research here, folks. So that, We're the professionals. So that you don't have to, yes. <laughs> so, anyhow, moving along. Apparently, there's at least one new Surface device being released this year in London at the Microsoft event in London. Yeah, that's that's the it's widely rumored that's probably the surface event. All right, I think that's it for us stuff about in the news. Unless you have anything else to talk about, you know, it's 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 very very low key over the last three weeks around the news, so they haven't talked about anything else. Yeah, I think everything's sort of building up to ignite. Any of the little bits and pieces that they would have announced in this period is being saved up. Yeah, we're 10 days away from um, arriving in Orlando. And it looks like Jose is not hitting the coast too badly. So it looks like it's still on. That's that's a good yeah. thing. That <laughs> the, is, the convention that is center has actually stopped all functions except Microsoft Ignite. Wow. It's the only one still listening. Wow. I, I hope you don't get hit by a hurricane. I'm sure I'll be fine. So, moving on, um, is it the next segment? Can yes. I introduce the next segment? Or Please, please okay. do. Okay, so co-hosts are allowed to introduce segments, but just not news. Is that... I've already told you I'm going to cut all of this out. New features Al didn't know about of the week. So, Microsoft's been pushing quite hard on moving everything to the cloud, so you know about Office Online and all those things. And everyone seems to think that, oh, no, we can we can magically move stuff straight into the cloud and everything will work. But there are file size limits to Excel workbooks. I did not know that. I didn't either. What are the limits? So for SharePoint Online, a library in a site such as a team site. And if you've uploaded a, a limits, they apply to workbooks in browser window. Zero to 10 megs for that functionality. Power BI. 
um, zero to 250 megs for the size of a workbook. There's also some stuff around Power BI for 365, zero to 250, and then the Outlook way back. If you're opening up an attached email message, zero to 10 megs. So any workbook that's bigger than that mm. will not render. How cool is that for news, mate? That is super interesting. Super valid as well. Yeah, I mean, 10 megs is a, like, it's a chunky Excel document. No, it's not, mate. Um, I've seen guys at, well, at, like, at insurance at, companies lo- oh, no, no, walk I, around with up to I, two, two gigs in that spreadsheet, mate. Yes, but that that's insane. I work with some spreadsheets that are like 25, 30 megs, but that's not the majority no, of spreadsheets. The majority. the majority of spreadsheets will fit into that just fine. I think that's my um, new feature that I didn't know about of the week. Cool. I didn't know either. Thanks for the heads Always up. Always good to be here, mate. And then um, the last segment is my go with the flow. Let's go with the flow. Staying with the theme this week, um, we're going to talk about teams. So I pulled up flow and I wanted to see what can I do with teams. And there's actually not a hell of a lot of interaction between flow and teams so there are no triggers at all um, for flow so you can't trigger things happening you can't trigger from things happening in teams which sort of makes sense for me if you want to trigger and process stuff from teams i suppose you use the bot framework and you do that so that's kind of interesting Um, but we do have some actions we can perform against teams okay so can you write stuff back to teams and things yeah so the things that you can do it actually at the moment only has four different actions you can get a list of teams. You can get a list of channels for a team. Um, you can create a channel and you can post a message to teams. Ooh, that's quite neat, posting a message. Yeah, you post a message and creating a channel is also can you, quite Can cool. you post messages so to all the teams? You, you could set up a recursive thing because you can get, you can list all the teams and then run off that to create a, to post a message to all of those. So you can return it. Because then you wouldn't need Yammer at all then. Because if you're talking about group-wide communication, <laughs> you just push an announcement to all yeah. teams and then and we can destroy Yammer. And I'm going to hell for saying that. That would be a lot more of a mission. You'd have to set up the whole flow to do that. And it's one of the more complicated ones, I think, because you're iterating no, through a list. Announce, do an announcement list in SharePoint that you're going to pick up from Flow and then take that announcement and push it into the chat window of all the teams. Yes, but you have to push it to each team. Like there isn't a post message to all teams action. There's a post a message action. So you'd have to get the list of teams and then iterate through each one of those. How is this difficult for you to build, Modlin? It's not, but it's not as easy as Yammer published to all. Are you actually defending Yammer? Yammer totally has its place. I am not the one in this partnership that had an issue with Yammer. The two ladies we had on had no issues oh, so with it me. Was, it was either bad cop. Totally. All right, okay. And on that note. Thank you all very much for listening to us this week. If you want to find us online, you can find our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. You can find us on Twitter, at twoguyssharepoint. On Facebook, twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter, at oddmodlin. And L is? At Alistair Puget. We're also on all your podcast apps of choice and all that sort of thing. Cool. Have Thank I, you for joining me this week, Al. Have I always been second on that list on under the sign of tab in in, in our one night show notes? Yeah, I, you you are I because thought, I'm doing the whole bit and then I hand it to you for the for your bit. So it makes sense for it 
rather to be at the end. I can put you above if you like. I have no issue with no, this. No, no, I've, I've never really looked at it until you said host and co-host. So. <laughs> Speaking of the backing order. Anyhow, just cheers, modeling. It's been great. Cheers, Al. Okay, did someone fall? Are you still alive? Did you fall over, modeling? Uh, yeah, no, I'm dead, but don't. I'm, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll walk it off. Carry on. Did you actually fall over? <laughs> no, I dropped my phone. Okay, all right. That's equally bad.